So I run a well-being page on Instagram called become.yours. Um, feel free to uh, follow. And um, I really wanted to talk about uh, judgment and shame. It's a bit of a tricky topic to address. Um, but I know that um, when we think about the, the story of women, um, we're always kind of the, the second character to a protagonist who's always male. So our story is always kind of centered on the, the male leading character. Mm-hmm. And as we grow up and uh, we, we, we basically are told to build our lives around that, that, that male character, um, there are many moments where we are put in positions where we are judged um, or we judge ourselves. Yeah. Or we're shamed into uh, making sure we continue to see uh, that male character as the protagonist. Um, and really, uh, it's something I feel that we, we should talk more about uh, and, you know, and, and help people to, to kind of avoid kind of things that I'm sure Asla and I have both uh, been through that we can kind of impart. So, uh, yeah, uh, really glad to be able to talk about this. Yeah, so we thought that we could start by telling all of women around the world, uh, of course, celebrate all the things that we've achieved and also uh, show maybe a bit of our examples of what we've been able to achieve by pursuing our dreams, despite all those obstacles and judgments that society communities have imposed on us, right? So. I'm sure Telma will t- uh, tell us also, but my story is that, so I come from Kyrgyzstan. Uh, I come from a very conservative village uh, where uh, basically the lifestyle that I was supposed to lead is that after graduating school, marrying someone, having children and follow the male and his wishes of what to do in life. And I was actually arranged to marry someone uh, when I graduated at 16. uh, And I was able to escape that arranged marriage by not marrying, thankfully. Uh, But that caused a lot of turmoil in my family. And uh, it was something that I think uh, many of us in my village, at least, went through. And many of the girls, unfortunately, could not escape it as much as I was. and and I could see, especially now, um, I went actually to a, a reunion of my school of 20 years, and I could see many of my classmates, uh, many of them were not able to pursue their dreams. And I could see also a lot of regret and a lot of shame, right? So, um, and my story is that I was able to pursue all my dreams, um, of course, throughout this period of processing all of those heavy burden of being judged, being the outsider, being the person who did not follow all the rules, even though my community somehow had good intentions, right? They wanted me to be safe. They wanted me to be having a stability. And they thought that by judging and telling me what the rules of the society is, I would be safe and I would know my role in the society. But as soon as I did not want to follow those rules, it becomes so complicated, yet 
I realized one thing is that I'm actually happy that I followed my own judgment mm. and not the judgment of my um, society at the time. And now I can see that I, I have no regrets mm. uh, that many of the classmates that I've met may have. And this is also a heavy burden to live with. Uh, in life, but um, I just wanted to share that no matter what the obstacles are on the way, I think it becomes so important to weigh it against what our own judgment is. And even if the fear, even if the shame, all of the emotions are there, it's still important to think what the long term lost if we follow those judgments and what's the long-term loss if we don't follow our own judgment so we'll talk about that but I just wanted to share that um, it is possible and I know I know that many of us have done it and um, I just want to encourage that every one of us can still follow and pursue whatever dream we have because then we're basically celebrating the uniqueness of each of us in getting all the things that we want in life and contribute that way to society rather than uh, all of us getting to that boat of following one rule that may have been established at some point. Anyway, I should stop here and then I'll continue <laughs> my story later maybe. But Telma, tell us, what is it that from your side, how was your experience as a growing up girl into getting where you are now and how is the journey? Oh, firstly, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I know that it's going to really touch a lot of people to, to hear your story. So I'm looking forward to hearing a bit more um, about, you know, how you had the inner strength to actually, uh, you know, make those decisions at such a young age. Um, uh, for me, I have a, you know, a slightly different story. I'm a, I'm Nigerian British. Mm. Um, and in our culture, obviously it's a pretty traditional culture in Nigeria where we came from, but there's always a kind of a big focus on education um, mm. and, you know, secondary, but also university. And as far as PhD, you go as far as you want, um, as long as you get the education. And I also, um, my father was, I would say my father is a feminist um, and has always been very open for, for us to actually um, make decisions for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I think the judgment that came for me was actually from society rather than my actual mm. um, family situation. So I, I'm very grateful to, to be able to say that because I think you know, other people in, you know, from, the, from where I came from have, you know, different experiences. Um, for me, I think I always um, had quite a strong personality in the sense that I knew what I wanted in my life. Mm -hmm. um, but I also had, um, I think, this idea that speaking up um, was not a particularly feminine thing to do. Mm. Um, and you know, I went to a very Catholic school and, you know, yeah. you still have those expectations of getting married and having children very, very young. Um, and I think there was a part of me when I was growing up that was trying to repress my um, my opinions, actually, <laughs> because I felt that I was um, kind of over speaking or overstating, you know, things I knew or thought about. I, I got very embarrassed because when I was younger, 
my classmates used to call me Wikipedia. Um, and so I felt like I needed to kind of lessen myself um, so I wouldn't uh, maybe intimidate people or um, I now know it's really about the person that is intimidated than the person that is doing the intimidating. But um, with, with you know, with knowing like the things I believed in and, and things I really enjoyed expressing myself. Um, and so really my, my story is about really trying to make sure that you, um, the lens that you see the world, um, you, you remember that everyone you're talking to has their insecurities and there's a reason why they feel intimidated or and there's a reason why everyone uh, wants to be the protagonist. So um, that's kind of uh, my story, but uh, I'd love to dive in a little bit deeper. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Excellent. And we know now that you are a Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped learning uh, about a decade ago, sorry. <laughs> Very good. So um, I guess when we talk about judgment, um, it always, in the end, is a our perception of what society is saying, mm. right? Our perception of what community is saying. And it's never one person, obviously, it's a, a group of people. And then there is another piece, which is our own judgment of ourselves. Yeah. And I think we often have this idea that judgment is something negative, uh, uh, but we all judge either positively or negatively, right? It's like our human nature. This is how we roll. And, mm. and I think we forget that it's something that is so happening probably oftentimes at unconscious level that mm. um, that we just have this function in our brains. Yeah. So now the question is, what do we do with the ones that are coming from outside or at least our perception of it? Yeah. Because we often think that if society is judging um, at something to be wrong, for instance, then we assume that this is something we shouldn't be doing, right? And as soon as we are doing it, we are feeling shame or other emotions as if we are betraying the community that we are part of. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so this is a, a really important uh, topic because uh, there's two pieces of this particular uh, topic that I think are important. One is really to truly understand the meaning of tradition um, yeah. I think what you just said about, you know, judgment or there are certain aspects of society that exist and have come from survival, right? Yeah. And from, you know, from a very good place. And tradition uh, comes from Latin to drag down. Mm. <laughs> really, if you have a very comfortable um, perception of tradition, tradition is all about taking what was tried and tested, learning from experience and bring it into a context that also requires that expertise and learned experience and culture and custom, right? What that also means is that not everything needs to be dragged down, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there are certain things that we were doing because it was important to survive, you know? Yeah. I talked yeah. to my husband about, you know, how people have certain uh, practices of how they store food, but, you know, in, in a certain time you could die from, you know, yeah. All not sorts having of, <laughs> from, from yeah. not having those yeah. traditions right so they're there for a reason but you have to be discerning as to what makes sense and that's why it's so important to have really strong belief in your gut and understand like the context around you in this particular context does this tradition actually make sense 
mm-hmm. and be comfortable in really taking time to think about it. Because I think many people don't think about it like this. Yeah. So I'm not like an anarchist in the sense that like anything that is traditional, I'm like, no, I don't do it. And that's because that doesn't make sense either. Because we have to be realistic about also certain things that still exist. Women and men are different, you know. Um, and so I feel like the first thing is to center yourself on really understanding what it means to not learn from, you know, fresh experiences on your own, but take down from some traditional parts that are actually useful and know when something actually isn't suited to you uh, and what, what the world has moved into and, and where you are. I think that's, you know, really, really important. Um, and then I think that the other part is you, we, you in, in understanding that bit, you also have to really have a very centered approach to your own judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think people shouldn't be able to throw you off as easily as maybe they do, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a difficult thing to, to, it's almost, you have to practice it, but you have to try and believe or, like, and that's what I try to do is like, so I, I watched a YouTube video once and it, I know this sounds ridiculous, but it changed my life because there was somebody talking about when someone says something to you that you find very hurtful or triggers inside you but what they've actually said is not true at all right yes so he the 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 example that the person on the video was saying was like if somebody came up to you and go i really hate your horrible purple hair right you'll get upset about it but why do you get upset about it because it's factually incorrect right Mm -hmm. you're actually upset that the person wants to hurt you right um rather than being upset (laughs) about something that doesn't exist right so i think figuring out that you need to be able to not react to everything the world tells you or things that you feel are being told to, to insult you or limit you because again, everyone is insecure, everyone has their weaknesses. And so if you can center yourself on like, what 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 is good for me and what can I take from tradition that makes sense? What doesn't make sense? <laughs> and um, also when someone expresses to you their disappointment in you not accepting something that doesn't make sense, you should also not take that as seriously because it's all about you centering yourself in what's not true because the truth is you assess the situation yourself yeah. and yeah. you made a decision based on information that many people would not have because they're not you yeah. and yeah. and that's that's the judgment that you have you know delivered and i think that's that's how that's kind of how i try to think about it mm. yeah i think for me uh when i was growing up and having all this problems of my own at the time you know me being 16 I think one of the things that really struck with me was that whenever I ask questions why things are or why things should be this way right why why should I get married and why should I have children immediately or whatever so whenever I questioned it I noticed that a lot of people that were talking to me did not really have answers except this is how things are Mm. or this is how things should be, or this is the biology, or this is the evolution, or whatever, right? Mm. So, and whenever I heard these arguments, so to say, from other people, I noticed that those are opinions of others that have never been questioned. Mm -hmm. So if I question why things are, and if I don't have answers that convince me that this is how things should be, Mm. then I can also produce my own opinion yeah. <laughs> that convinces me, right? So um, I know that uh, at the time, it was also a lot of fear of unknown. Yeah. 
and the fear of being shunned from the society, right? So yeah. being excluded from society. And I think uh, we just need to know that as human beings, we have this wired brain that yeah. does not like being excluded. Yeah. We are always part of a group or uh uh, a tribe or whatever so that we don't feel like we're going to be uh, um, dying if we're excluded. So I think once we know those type of physical wiring of our brains from yeah. evolution, then it also becomes easier to understand that just because our families say or our community say that you don't belong if you don't do this mm. doesn't mean that you die. It yeah. doesn't mean that you are going to um, I don't know. So being shunned, also question what that really means. And we often, I think, also as girls, uh, worry about what the consequences of that society's judgment on our families, right? So oftentimes yeah. we also think, okay, what would my parents experience if I leave it? Because it's easier for me to just leave this community for a time being but what will they experience behind? I think these are the other worries that we may have, but mm. whenever we're having those worries, I think it's also important to understand the strengths of our parents, the strengths of every human being who can yeah. deal with it, who can uh, have their own way of um, dealing with whatever circumstances that happen. So I love what you said about uh, knowing what's useful from the society and what's useful for you and what you don't accept. I think that's a very good piece. Um, and also in the end of the day, knowing that what is the alternative? So mm -hmm. if you follow the traditions, then what about your in inner world? what mm -hmm. state you will be in if you keep following all the time, right? So yeah. what, are, what is the uh, life you are creating for yourself by following? And what is the life you are creating by not following them, but following yourself? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think this is so interesting and it's a really, this is a universal challenge. And I think you've touched on two things that maybe I didn't touch on when I was, you know, talking about the tradition part. Like one is, you know, you were very young, right? Yeah. So your level of perception would be limited. Um, and it's important to be able to listen to advice of people around you. Yeah. And in that first one, what I find really interesting is that human beings really don't like nuance. They really like things are black and white yeah. because yeah. it frightens them <clears throat> to have nuance. And I think society needs to get a little bit better with what, what nuance is, right? And, yeah. and, and when, you were, when you were describing your experience, the things that struck me was that if society doesn't like things that make them afraid and change um, and don't like nuance, there is a middle ground to it, right? You know, I think people mm. went and people can be really rebellious in a society that doesn't give you answers to questions when you're 16 and you're asking questions, but there yeah, is a middle yeah. ground. And for me, when I think about the middle ground, the middle ground is all based on love, right? The opposite of fear. Yeah. And in a loving environment, you should be made aware of, you know, the implications within society because it does make sense to know because some people you know make drastic decisions that have very very drastic consequences but i think it's important for you to have the nuance that like you know historically you know people lived till they were th they were 35 right so mm -hmm. it makes sense to start a family early 
it makes sense to, you know, in, in an economic environment where you, your family struggles without uh, those, those strong family units, it's, it, was, it was a level of society that needed to survive, right? So it makes sense that we build these traditions. There's nothing wrong with the traditions that were built when they were built, and that's how humanity continued, right? Um, but as, as the world changes, there is, there is, of course, people who have to learn how to take the nuance and understand if you're 16, the ideal environment in, you know, in the 90s or in the, the uh, noughties or, or right now is to make sure that you also have some companionship and compatibility with someone who now would potentially be your partner for 70 or 80 years, right? Yeah. And that's a different thing from 150 years ago where people would lose half their children before the age of three, right? So I think that sometimes in society, we are pitting one side against another, like religion or tradition against, you know, modernity. And maybe that's where things make drastic changes and people feel really like um, partisan. Mm. And I really, I, I, I'm lucky again in, in the sense that my dad, you know, comes from a relatively, you know, religious family, but he's always based, I always knew that he based his decisions on love. For him, the worst thing that could happen to his daughter would be for me to be unhappy, mm. right? That was what he was afraid of, right? Now, he's fully aware that he wants me to have children <laughs> and he comes from a traditional family and he has a context around him that want people to get married. He knows that. So I think it's how do you get to a place where the world is open to nuance to say for everyone it's going to be different. Everyone has different you know, opinions, different ways of living, even different levels of intelligence, different levels of like interest in you know, traveling. Everyone has different you know, things that are important to them. And the world is constantly changing. So I think it's, it's really hard, but there is no right or wrong side to this. The side is really about what's right for the person and can at 16, the environment around you acknowledge that there is fear and then there's love. And if it's love, that you should be informed of things that are important, you know, okay, it's better to have children when you're younger. That's a biological fact, right? And that's absolutely fine to inform a child on, right? But it's better to not be divorced <laughs> when you're young, right? Um, so those are important things to know. It's better to be in a relationship that's full of like companionship and partnership to sustain you past having children, right? Because that is what's going to keep the, the thread of society together, that you're in a peaceful place. I think people don't want to go into nuance. So if the, if the outcome is a family, what you need to get there, it's almost like people don't care. And sometimes it's, it's really not a nice um, experience. I also have people who shame women for being uh, infertile, um, which mm. I find incredible. You don't, you don't find children in a supermarket, right? Yeah. You know, if, yeah. if someone is naturally unable to have children, that's also a source of shame, which I find devastating because then they've got double burden of like following tradition and they want to sometimes follow tradition, but if they don't, then they're seen as something's wrong with them. And, and we, we need to stop we need to stop doing this to people and making them feel like they failed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for me now thinking back and also what I would really um, tell, especially younger girls who are in this road of, okay, what's, what's 
the right thing to do, right? Um, obviously, the right thing is what you consider right for you. Mm-hmm. But what I'm thinking is that it would be so I feel like we place a shame on the wrong place sometimes. So yeah. I think shame should be if we didn't pursue our inner desires or what we yeah. want to do. Yeah. That would be shame if we ignored it. Mm-hmm. Because sh- being ashamed of not following overall rules that you don't even agree with to begin with is the wrong place to put the shame on, basically. Mm-hmm. This is how I've come to realize it. And also, uh, the self-judgment should be on us not following what we want. So we mm-hmm. should judge ourselves if we're not following what we want, mm-hmm. rather judge ourselves for not following the society's rules. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't agree with them uh and and i know that it's probably easier said now that i've gone through this myself mm-hmm. uh than for people who are experiencing at that moment but just consider mm-hmm. that um as soon as we get into the habit of uh thinking what the majority is saying right and mm-hmm. what i'm saying is probably wrong because i'm in the minority mm-hmm. that might be a very difficult pattern that we get into. And once we get into, we may often rely on that, keep relying and therefore ignoring our own deep desires within us. Mm-hmm. And that's where our crisis happen later in life. And this is something that is difficult to deal with it as well. Yeah. So I just want to give another small example of uh, my sister, she was kidnapped. So we have a tradition of bride kidnapping for anyone who does not know. Uh, And my sister was kidnapped when she was 18. And now she's, she has four children and uh, yeah, 30 years into the history of this. Um, What we are, we often compare our lives in a way of what could have happened if, right, this kind of a story. And what I notice often is that she, so she's telling me now that it's so difficult to do something on my own now because the pattern is so drastic in the sense of always following what society wanted of her. Yeah. Right. So now she's at a stage where she feels like she missed out on so many things that she could have done if she had followed her own desires. So all I'm saying is that whenever you are at the decision making stage of making a decision whether to follow others or follow your own inner Mm -hmm. wisdom, consider that how would you think in 20 years time, in 30 years time? How would your life be either way? Yeah. And then maybe that could also give you a picture of a convincing picture of what's the right um, decision you could take. Yeah. I mean, this is a really, I mean, incredible story that you're describing. And I think a lot of people will resonate with the story because there are a lot of cultures that, you know, have, you know, bride kidnapping and, yeah. um, and that's an extreme, you know, ex- I would say an extreme example of being um, forced through society. I think what's really interesting in what you're saying is there's an aspect of this, which is like um, acknowledging 
that when that kind of peak, because, you know, everyone grabs, you know, when you're a teenage girl, that's the time you're preparing to to try and think about, you know, relationships. Everyone tells you, you know, that's what you'll be told. You, you've been watching, you know, lots of Disney princesses and all of this. Um, and it feels like your life um, crescendos at a marriage um, or having your ch- children, mm. but it doesn't, right? You know, your, your yeah. life shouldn't end at 25, right? Yeah. In terms yeah. of, there is so much more that happens after that. And like I said, yeah. we live longer, we're living longer and longer. And so it's so incredible to be able to like, firstly you have the strength when you're so young, when you have this burden that yeah. so many people carry, right? Yeah. That society is telling you, um, it does take a lot of inner strength. But I think it's what you said. It's like you need to love the future self that you're going to have, yeah. right? I think we talked about it last time we were speaking about you. You know, a life coach helps you see a future self that you don't even acknowledge yet. Yeah. But you have to find a way to love that future self. And, you know, love, you know, I want to love myself when I'm going to be 50. It's probably why, you know, you put a pension down because you want to <laughs> you love yourself in the future. But it's the, it's the same thing. And when you're so young, um, how do we get? you know, young women to love their future self. It's interesting because you talked about bride kidnapping because that's something that's kind of extreme for, let's say, yeah. you know, uh, Northern Europe culture. But in the Northern European culture, it's just as bad because the other part that happens is that people spend their, you know, teenage and young adult years obsessing over being in a relationship mm. and or being in a relationship with the wrong person. And now you don't even have the societal fist on you. This is a self-imposed fist that comes from your previous uh, societal fists, right? So even when you're, you're, you've shaken off the chains, you're now choosing even worse outcomes for yourself. And if people just knew and heard your story of your sister and the story you went through, maybe they'd feel a bit more grateful about even having more of a freedom to choose. But sometimes I, you know, I meet people and I think about even when I was younger, and the people around me, this obsession with finding your missing piece, which is this partner that is going to satisfy all the things that went wrong when you were younger. And then that will be the crescendo of your life on your wedding day, which I, I've always pushed back against because, you know, your marriage and your wedding day is not the crescendo of your life. It, it's opening a, do- a new door, but it's not the crescendo of your life. And that doesn't mean that people who get married, you know, who get married young or get married a bit older, that doesn't mean that what they're doing is wrong. It's just that it's more about why you're doing things and how you're doing things, right? So this is not really a judgment on how people make decisions. This is really more of a judgment on why, you know? Is it because of fear of, you know, rejection, like you said, in society or fear that you're going to be ending up alone if you're in Western society or you're going to be not as cool? Your Instagram pictures won't be as nice if you don't have a partner there with you. Um, Or is it really through truly because of love, because you want to create something and you care about your future self? And I think that's the center point of all of this. It's not religion. It's not traditional. It's not one country or another. It's really about why are you doing what you're doing and have you really thought through um, what the alternative is and what the consequence, like you said, will be if you make the wrong choice based on fear. Yes, exactly. So I love that is that, uh, you know, uh, every decision we make in life, I would love to make it out of freedom 
yeah. and using your word is the love, right? So uh, this idea of no matter what I chose, how would I feel? What would my life be? Yeah. And not because I have to, basically, because I yeah. have to because of this, because I have obligation, because I'm part of this. Or so um, I think we often get into the habit of thinking that there is a standard to follow. And as soon as we realize that we can actually every one of us create our own standard mm -hmm. for how we want to live, then life just becomes a, I don't know, um, a new level of possibility somehow because then you are essentially saying that yes i acknowledge there are certain rules yet how about i create my own right mm. how about i create my own out of love for me and mm. out of love for everyone else as well mm. so uh the reason why it's also out of love for ourselves and others is because we can that way show our unique way of creating life in a society so that mm -hmm. it does not become this uh, whatever the uh, crescendo that you're talking about rather there will be so many different ways of crescendos that mm -hmm. you just you know your mind blows when you look at it and you're like okay so how about I create another style of living <laughs> to this society so that we no longer uh, measure people by certain things that they will have achieved by a certain age, but rather everyone has their own way of living and their own pace of creating things, their own lifestyle of creating what they want. So yeah. I think that would be, um, or maybe that's actually also where we're heading towards. It's just that in some societies, maybe uh, things are very slow um, especially I see now talking to my niece, uh, she's married and she was telling me that, uh, if she knew what she was going into, she would never marry because there are so many rules after marriage. So it's not that mm -hmm. princess, uh, getting married yeah. to a king and then having a happy life after yeah. that's somehow not the case. And, and of course this is her own, own experience, but I'm just saying that, um, yeah. it, as long as we're not creating our lives the way we want to, it's so easy to get into the habit of blaming others and not being happy and always finding a problem somewhere yeah. because we're not in charge that way, right? So yeah, as soon as, I, yeah. Yeah, as soon as we're in charge, then we are uh, responsible what we're creating and also we are likely then say okay this is not the way I want to do and this is the way I want to do so sorry you wanted yeah. to say something no I think while you were talking um we started talking about this conversation by saying men are the protagonist in the story um but women are like the fabric of society right and what I worry about the most is that when a woman compromises herself um, mm. she ends up wanting to impose that on other women mm. and expect that from other women. And I think women's yeah. judgment of other women can be very, very, very cool um, and very cutting. And I do believe that we have to start taking some responsibility to how we're creating society. So whilst I completely agree that everything is centered on the man, women raise boys, right? And women are the fabric. And um, there's this kind of little secret that happens where you're having a terrible time because you made the wrong decision 
but you then encourage other people to have a terrible time so that we can all suffer together. <laughs> and, um, you know, you hear people giving advice and then you speak to them privately and they're having a horrible time about what they've just given advice on. And so I think we need to find a way to um, start opening up these little secret boxes and say, you know, one-to-one -one you're able to admit that you're having a terrible time. Now, that doesn't mean you should necessarily run away because I truly believe that you should be able to, you know, center yourself and make changes in your life in the life that you're in because you, it's all about your mindset. Yeah. But when it comes to speaking to other people, stop pretending. <laughs> like, it's okay to say to people, you know what, take your time, finish school, go to university, right, before you start thinking of a relationship. And um, I feel really strongly about how we can really encourage women as a fabric of society to be to play a role. So the decision, decision you made has an impact not just on your life, like you said, mm -hmm. but on many people who witness your life. And that's so important. So making that decision for yourself is helping society. Um, mm -hmm. Because you're doing something that's not dangerous or selfish. You're doing something that is really more you know adapted to the world we're living in actually uh, more more uh, more sustainable you've made yeah, a very sustainable yeah. decision you're making a decision that's not going to burn you out when you're in you know later in life or you know make you question yourself or make you regret or make you bitter to towards other people um there's a famous quote by oprah i've posted on my uh, instagram which says um you can't be friends with someone who wants your life <laughs> and I think it's an amazing quote because people see women who maybe made different decisions in their life and because they're not having such a great time, they use that as like a way to say, well, anyway, she's kind of shunned from society. You know, if you think mm -hmm. about someone like Oprah who ended up not having a child and then, um, you know, never got married and has been in a long relationship, you might say, well, she's not very conventional, is she? She didn't have that conventional life, but she's probably happier than most people who are married. So like, but you know, you, you have to have a, a situation where even if you have a different choices from someone else, you respect their choices. You don't judge them, you don't shame them, right? Um, and at the same time, you yourself are find peace in the decisions that have been made for you or you've made yourself. Um, and so this is kind of a powerful conversation for young women because when you're at that stage, you know, we all know what it was like, you know, being a teenager, there's so many things that's like running through your head. Um, when you're at that stage, it's really important to have freedom of choice and then use that freedom of choice. Um, but if you choose to not go against society, it's okay as well. But just remember, do not then judge other women who make a different choice from you. Mm -hmm. I don't judge people who I know were married very young. I don't judge people who never been married. I don't judge myself. I got married a little bit later in my life. I don't, I, I, I feel like it's important for us to just not judge the decisions that people have made because they've made them. We can advise them when they're about to make a decision, of course, um, and encourage them when they've made a decision that they struggle with. And that's important to get, you know, a life coach or a therapist, but, we have to stop judging each other, I feel. Yeah, that's a very, very good one. And I think another piece that I've heard a lot is that, uh, and also I've heard from women colleagues as well in the past, is that I think there is this idea that um, we've all sacrificed or we all had to sacrifice mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. 
so why should be an exception kind of a mm-hmm. <laughs> message, yeah. right? So we all had to suffer through, get mm-hmm. to the top or get to what we want or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so therefore, why why not you as well kind of a thing? I think that's those are the moments where I really want to say is like, yes, we may have had to do that, yet you may have a different experience. So create it. Oh. Mm-hmm. So just because others did it that way, obviously doesn't ma- mean that everyone has to do it that way. But, but every one of us may create a different experience of getting to the place that they want. And it doesn't have to be through uh, certain beliefs that we all, we, many of us hold true, like yeah. suffering through to get it or being a male, male-like boss for instance to get certain things right so this is also something common uh or if you have to you have to behave in this way in order to get it or elbow around to get it kind of a these uh things that we've somehow decided to adopt because we think this is how uh the road is but what if the road is so many different ways what if the road is everyone creates their own roads and their own experiences so just to uh wrap up on our conversation maybe um so one of the great news that i have now in my family is that one of the my nieces who's now in the 11th grade about to graduate so what she was saying that uh, she said that she's seen the experiences of people who got married in my village and she's seen the experience of me, uh, who is a very outsider in my village. Uh, and she says that she chooses to be like me. Now, I'm not saying to brag, but <laughs> all I'm saying is that because there are because she has different examples of what's possible Mm -hmm. she's now more sure of okay this way also works right so this is there's not only one way but there are other ways so what we could do as women in the society maybe to always show to others through our own examples of what are the ways that we could create what we want and lead by an example so that others can also say, aha, this is another way to do things. Mm-hmm. So it's not only one way. Mm-hmm. What yeah. would you say? Yeah. Yeah, I just love that. I mean, that for me is authenticity, right? So yes. it's the it's the authentic experience of being a human being full of very, very different ways of seeing the same thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, this monochrome, uniform, uh, kind of robotic part of society is not really how nature is uh, manifests so yeah. so why should humans all be the same i think it's really amazing that you say that she's given she's been given another example because you have other nieces who who have a, you know a different yeah. experience yeah. as well so i think it's important to see those examples and be those examples as well um i also would you know end and say like you know the human experience is full of sacrifice and going against you know your tradition and family is a sacrifice it might look like you're just having you know free time we all have times mm-hmm. when we think you know, I should have done this earlier, I should have done this uh, in the way that society wanted me. It's a sacrifice as well, right? Yeah. It's it's just that people see it more of a sacrifice not doing that because truly they believe they've made a mistake. You know, the sacrifice comes where you think you, you've, you've um, compromised yourself. It's all a sacrifice for all of us. 
but a compromise to a place that doesn't make you happy is something that fills you with the regret. So I think the thing that people are really talking about is they have this envy or regret of make, not making a different decision. And they think it means that you're just, you know, skipping through life and you're like living. And that's not the case. Um, I think, and, and, you know, with young women, my, my final word would be really try and make sure you understand and listen to your gut and your authentic voice and find other voices even if you choose a different path from those voices, but have, it's a bit like getting a second opinion from a doctor, right? Have other opinions because your life is very valuable. Um, and uh, yeah, so I really feel like that's such an important way to, to end the, the conversation. Yes, absolutely. I also want to say that, you know, you can of course always choose to be part of society and accept whatever you want to accept, but please also, accept what your inner voice is saying and really decide be conscious of not ignoring that inner voice because yeah. that inner voice is telling you how unique you are that mm -hmm. you are an amazing strong human being who can do anything in life mm -hmm. and ignoring and suppressing would be such a loss Mm -hmm. I find to all of us in the society. So that's why we really want to encourage that um, there will always be judgments. The question is which one you take, which one you ignore, which one of your own judgments you keep or you ignore. And in the end, how you design your life, whether with part of a society, whether on your own, but you will know that uh, as long as you keep respecting or honoring that inner voice, it will always guide you to the right place of your choosing. Yeah. So that's, I guess we want to, yeah, tell everyone that let us all be unique <laughs> and, and follow our dreams of what we're meant to be doing and being in this life and just strive that way. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. You are truly unique. Oh, yay. <laughs> and so are you. You see, that's what we want to celebrate, right? Especially yes. uh, May was a, a May of uh, diversity. So I think yeah. it's a great way of also celebrating that. So it was a bit of a conversation around our experiences and uh, what we would love for our societies to be. And I hope you all enjoyed it. And if you have any questions or comments, let us know. So with you, Asal Ormonova, thank you so much. Bye -bye. Thank you, everyone.